Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Star to the Right, a Neverland Adventure, a show where five adventurers from this world and beyond are drawn into the mystical, mythical world of Neverland in a race against time to recover a fallen star. Uh, I am viewer. I don't know, co-creator, co-star, whatever. Give me a title. I don't care. I'm Andrew. I'm so glad that you guys are here to watch this show with us. We're super excited to share it with you. As you know, we do this uh, every other week. So we spend like the weeks in between in our Discord just getting really, really pumped for Friday night. So we're very excited to have you guys here. We want to knock out some quick business, um, one of which is uh, a super important piece of business because it is a shout out to our fantastic platinum-sponsored Demiplane. Um, they are amazing. They literally make sure the show happens, that this cast gets paid, that we're able to do the things that we do. And they're pretty awesome as well. Uh, Joe and I were actually on a call the other day with uh, Adam Bradford, who's the uh, one of the, the executives over at Demiplane, super awesome dude. And we were talking about some really great ideas for collaborations we have coming up. Um, but the thing about Demiplane is that if you want to play a tabletop RPG, any tabletop RPG, take your pick. You can play Kids on Bikes. You can play D&D. You can play, I mean, I guess technically you could play like, I don't know, Hearts or something. Whatever you want to do, you can play it on their platform. You can find a group. You can have fantastic video chat that, spoiler alert, has better quality than Zoom. Um, great adventure journals that you can share. They just introduced a really cool feature, which I'm a big fan of, where DMs can actually do whisper video chat uh, with different participants. So if you're a DM that wants to share something with just one member of your remote party, everyone else gets muted and you can talk to just that one person, which seems like a little thing. But those little things are what make Demiplane awesome because it's built by gamers. People have been playing since they were kids and now get to build the platform they wish they had in the 80s. But they couldn't because the internet wasn't a thing because Al Gore hadn't made it yet. Um, but anyway, we're very appreciative of Demiplane for sponsoring our show, for supporting what we do. Um, and we want to support what they do. Their awesome show, Heroes of the Plains, comes on every Tuesday night at twitch.tv slash RPG. So definitely check out Todd Kenrick, Adam Bradford, Megan Kenrick, Lauren Urban, Jennifer Kretschmer, uh, B. Dave Walters. And I think that's it. I think I got everybody. Badass crew. So go check them out. They are a fantastic show and we love them there. One more really big shout out, and that is to our fantastic Patreon supporters, of which I literally got a notification that we got a new one. So shout out to you. Um, these are awesome members of our community who support uh, our show. They're in our Discord chatting with us. Um, it's been so much fun seeing that group grow. And uh, you get all sorts of cool things for being a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com slash secondstartshow and check it out. Because, uh, I, I mean, th there's so much cool stuff you get. Uh, little things like early access to the podcast, which is fun. But you get access to the behind-the-scenes show Beyond Neverland that we immediately record after these episodes. And we chat. And, uh, oh, no, my wife is telling me that she doesn't have a dice tray. We'll have to fix that. That's okay. You know, little problems here on the show. Anyway, Patreon. Um, you get the bonus episode, uh, Behind the Scenes. You get uh, Shifra's Adventure Journal, where she is actually writing this journal in character so you get all these fun little clues into what's going on in Neverland. You can get access to Joe's DM notes, which are um, expansive and which I edit, which means I have to like dodge spoilers like like it's the middle of Nam or something. Um, but it's awesome. You get so much cool stuff. So go check it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash second star show. And uh, I want to shout out some of those fantastic people to you right now. People like Andrew Kolb, who actually literally wrote the book, the setting that we are playing in. Um, fantastic dude, and he's supporting the show. Shout out to Kevin and Slumberjane, just some other awesome people who are in our Discord, on our Patreon, and making this show happen. For a little more business, let's kick it over to Joe. Joe, uh, over to you. Go ahead. 
Thanks, Andrew. Just want to give a quick shout out to some of our other sponsors, our two gold sponsors of the show, whose support helps make everything happen. Uh, one of our gold sponsors, Black Oak Workshop, is the official dice sponsor of the Second Star to the Right show. You all have eight days left. Actually, I think seven days left to go to their new Kickstarter to score some ye old dice bags. These dice bags are fantastic. I freaking love these things. They have different styles of embroidery, different images of heraldry themed dice bags. These things can hold 12 standard seven dice sets. You heard me right, 12 standard seven dice sets in one of these bags. They also make a collection of excellent themed dice to roll at your table. And at the halfway point, the break during tonight's show, we're going to be giving away two sets of their dice featuring their wintered snowflake theme. So keep an eye out for that to win your own set of Black Oak Workshop dice. Another quick shout out to Laser Wolf Attack, a gold sponsor as well. From the creative mind of Andrew McLean, this lifestyle brand hooks you up with nerdy apparel to meet all of your needs when walking out on the streets. Andrew McLean also writes a personal favorite comic book of mine, Headlopper, from Image Comics. You can find the first, second, third volumes of the comic book on the shelves at your local comic book store. This book not only has fantastic art, interesting characters and action, but high fantasy storytelling that everyone watching Neverland will enjoy. So thank you to both of our gold sponsors. Give them some love as they give us a lot of love in return. And I think without further ado, join us for another adventure into Neverland. Last session, our group of adventurers finally step foot on the sandy beaches of Neverland. Here, they began their journey, making their way to the Great Hill located near the center of the island. There, at roughly 
8 p.m., a star is set to fall from the skies above, a star of immense arcane power that must be recovered and brought back into the good hands before evil can scoop it up instead. Our players, as they made their way across the beachhead of the island of Neverland, encountered a variety of things from construction spiders, dancing crabs, giant cockroaches, ancient cave writings depicting a giant bird protecting the island, a magical glyph hidden in the sand that teleported to a swampy wasteland on the island's near exterior to where zombie-like creatures, bodies of the bog possessed by hex, possessed by um, um, straw dolls, attack the party to, to near exhaustion. That is where we pick up today's session. It's roughly 10 a.m. right now. Shifra, studying the stars, know that the star should fall over the island between 8 and 10 p.m. sometime this evening. We have been trudging through sand, fighting creatures of the swamp, and not knowing what is going to be around the next corner. The group knows that nearby in uh, another hex of our hex crawl adventure is a camp, a camp left by their commonly known NPC Kahanit, who was on the island previously. There, a full rest and some much needed gear and supplies could be recovered. Or the party could make their way straight for the hill to try to get there before night falls. Perhaps maybe there's time for both to happen. Shifra, a lot has been going on since you've stepped here in Neverland. You've been doing a good job of keeping track of the sky above to not only track your maybe location, whatever realm you're in, but also keeping a close eye on the time, knowing that being on top of the hill will give the group their best viewpoint to see where the star will fall on the island. What are you thinking right now? What are you feeling? This place, this 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 foreign place of, of myth and legend has now become real to you. Yeah, so I'm super intrigued. I have really been enjoying myself up until these weird, like blind, eyeless, zombie, straw people things. Um, it all seemed very surreal and magical and whimsical with the crabs and the and the friendly roaches and the wonderful little spiders. Um, and I'm very intrigued about where I am in the universe. But the the zombie things have me a little bit more a uh, little bit more on edge, on the lookout. I think the bog bodies did a good job to set the tone of just how dangerous Neverland can be. Dante, I feel like you might have learned this lesson more so than other members of the party. Having one of those husk dolls that were controlling the bog bodies try to force its way to possess your body. How's Dante feeling right now? Are his pants dry yet? Yeah, I was about to say, pants wet, mouth full of straw, and just ready to rest. That's where Dante is. Uh, so uh, he thinks this place is strange. He wants to get the task done so he can get into um, more comfortable, dry clothes. Um, and uh, I don't 
think he's has his mindset on like discovery and questioning and intrigued about uh, the island yet. I think he's still focused on uh, trying to at least get some safety first. Sure. Talith, I feel like you have a bit of separation from this island as well, um, showing resistance of even coming to Neverland in the first place, concerned of what you're leaving behind at home. Where's Talith's mindset right now? I mean, he, he was very much worried about uh, getting back to Kahanet because um, we left them like in a, a pretty uh, rough looking situation. And they've kind of always looked out for Talith. And so there's very much a... Uh, like a kinship there and a feeling of like maybe he abandoned them. So, so that's why like getting to Kahanet's camp was kind of top of mind for him. He was like, you know, what can we do to maybe get back? Um, and everything like, like Shifra said has been kind of whimsical, right? So far up until the whole crazy thing of randomly being teleported somewhere um, and having to fight all this crazy stuff. So there's very much a feeling of a suddenly like a lack of control and a needing to like get us like refocused and grounded um, I, I think he's very quickly realizing that there's no quick jump back to uh, to to get back to Kahanit. So, you know, the best way to go back is to go forward. Genevieve, leading up to the days of your transportation to Neverland, you've been having these strange visions of what you now know is to be the star falling from the night sky over the island in this immense, powerful darkness gaining the power of the star and presumably ending the world. Now that you're here, now that you've kind of encountered some of the, the you know, activity on the island, how is Genevieve feeling right now? She is very tired in every possible way. Um, There's just a lot of new stuff, um, a lot of new people and new circumstances, new situations. And while she has some adjusting that she's been able to do in life, just regardless of her circumstances. This is very, very much outside of her comfort zone. So she's ready just to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Helen, 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 Helen. Me. We've only been in Neverland for a short time. And I feel like there's been some quite literal moments where you've had to physically carry the party on your back. I think there was a a moment last session where your strength wasn't able to save yourself or your new companions from being teleported in that ward. Had that have an effect on Helen at all, or where's her mindset at? For sure. I think that despite the fact that she's putting out this aura of confidence that she always does, um, the closer that they're getting to where she actually washed up on Neverland, um, the more she's feeling this very much creeping sense of dread as well as very intense grief uh, for what she lost that she's trying to push down. And she's pretty sure that it's going to manifest itself as rage at some point. Very good. We know that the hill isn't too far away from the group's current location in hex number five, the wetlands. You'll need to trudge through some thick, dense jungle to get to the great hill in hex number nine. Of course, if you double back just for a few hours, you could stumble upon Kahanit's camp where you would have an opportunity to rest 
resupply before making your way to the Great Hill. Um, just a quick mechanic note that I don't think we've touched based on um, since this island is wild and full of, of dangers and good resting not in a you know a permanent or structured camp is difficult not impossible but difficult should you find a place to rest that has some sort of walls or you know tent or structure or community you can get a full rest in nearly half the amount of time knowing you can rest safely kahanit's camp sort of being one of these resting areas uh, not that I'm trying to lean you one way or another, but now is the time for the group to decide we want to make our way for the hill and not run the risk of falling short of when evening rolls around for the star to fall. Or should we double back a bit to hex number four to find Kahanit's camp and rest and resupply? And we're like picking up immediately after that fight, right? Correct. You're in the wetlands right now. This area is where the jungle diffuses into a swirling pattern of like rocky islands that shift around on the swampy waters. It's a little difficult to tread, but you're not in the center or like the far reaches of these swamplands and can quickly make your way more inland or back onto the beach. I think before anything else, like as the last of like the creatures dissipates or whatever, I, I think I got the last one. If I remember, I, I just run up to Dante. Uh, are you are, are you OK that uh, oh, you got you got some stuff there? And I just kind of like him pulling some like hay off of like his hey, face. Get, stop. Hey. No, okay, my, my bad. You just you uh, are, are you all right? You look you've looked you've looked better than now. Yeah, man, before. I'm, I'm OK. This. Um, you know, I'm not OK. I, I need. I like to get to Conan's camp. That's that's where I like to be. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. That makes sense. Uh, I, I think, guys, should we, I don't know what to do. Should we go back to the camp? Um, I, some of us, and I just like emotioning at the wizards, don't look very good. And some of us need rest. You're going to need out, to find somewhere safe. You're pointing at everyone that's not you. I realize like that clearly means we probably need some rest. Not pointing any fingers as I'm literally pointing fingers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're pointing fingers. Guilty as charged. But let's really focus on the the important thing here, which is like, where are we going? Uh, you, Helen, you've been here before, right? You said stay out of the jungle, but I, I don't I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to go. Um. Can we see the map for a second? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Helen, um, having spent some time in Neverland yourself and, and meeting Kahanit there, um, you know that his camp isn't too far from the group's current location in hex number four between three and five there. Um, you would say make us quick survival check. Maybe you can pin down how exactly long it would take to get there. Uh, 18 total. 18. You know that you're probably about an hour maybe two max away from kahanit's camp and from there the group could get a full rest in four hours keep in mind it's 10 a.m right now all right she can't do that kind of math but it, it should only take us about an hour maybe two to get back to his camp uh, 
I think that's a solid idea. Anyone else? What do you, what do, what do you rest of you folk think? I, I think that's a good idea, but how long is it going to take us to get all the way up that mountain? <laughs> that I don't know. In Helen, make another survival check. Maybe I do. No, I do not. It's a four. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would say sort of uh, baseline information, since all of you kind of made your way up the beachhead, um, you remember, of course, there's the sandy golden beaches of Neverland, and separating the, the sand from the jungle is this rising rocky cliff face wall. Um, this cliffside natural structure could be scaled with the proper equipment to sort of shortcut closer to the Great Hill. Um, or the group could make their way back through the kind of, you know, front face of the wetlands into the jungle to get to the hill. So there's still, you know, space and time to make it there if you go and rest. It's up to you. Okay. I think the only way we're going to make it up that hill is if we're rested. So... Let's get there quickly and try to rest and then then book it up for that, that star. we got to get to the star. Yeah, I agree. I don't, one, first of all, I don't think that um, we make it up that hill. If we did, it would take us a long time, which we might as well be rested if we're doing that. Exactly. Very good. Sounds like the group is ready to make their way out of the wetlands and towards Kahanit's camp. And who knows, maybe we'll even find a way. I mean, we got transported here um, unexpectedly, so maybe we'll even find something Kahanit left uh, knowing where the star might land because he, he's much smarter than us. So we might find a thing that would just kind of, you know, we don't know. We might find out. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. I wonder if Andrew, you get something like that. you know like my that. Venmo in case, you know, you need any of that to come to fruition. <laughs> oh, if only there were healing potions sending you 20 bucks. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Shifra, it sounds like you you agree with Talith. Was there anything you wanted to add to that motion? Oh, no. I'm just going to be looking for that now. Excellent. I, I know the kind of person Kahanit is, and that, so I'm going to be on the lookout for that. Wonderful. As the group makes their way out of the wetlands and closer towards the beach where Kahanit's camp is, we enter Hex 4. Here... As the sands take over from the rugged terrain, a beautiful set of musical tones comes pouring out over the sand, filling almost the entire area. As you take a closer look at that cliff face we mentioned earlier, you see a wide-mouthed cave, maybe 40, 50 feet uh, from one end to the other. Music pouring out from this cave. A small trickle of seawater from the cave bleeds out into the ocean waters surrounding the island. Real quick, everybody make a perception check for me. 16. It's a good roll. Also 16. Also a good roll. 14. It's okay. It's true. Oh. Six. Michael roll. <laughs> Won't mention it. On brand. Genevieve? 12. 12. Uh, Helen and Shifra almost simultaneously, um, just as the swamp water is turning into more ocean water, 
both of you spot a chest, a closed wooden chest sticking out of the transitional water. It would appear that the shifting lands of the swamplands unearthed this chest from the swamp water below. It's sort of sticking out, you know, one end up, one end submerged. Looks a bit rusted, but mostly intact. That's convenient. I run towards it. Shifra starts running towards the closed treasure chest. Does anyone join her or call out to her? I'm going to pick up a, can I pick up a small rock if there's a small rock? Plenty of small rocks. All right, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to yeet it at the chest. <laughs> sure. Make an athletics check. Um, Talith, Genevieve, Dante, anything from you three? Uh, Shifra, where are you going? 15. There's a chest, there's a chest over here. Maybe it's Kahanis. Maybe he buried it for us. I, maybe, I, maybe let's 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 uh, check first before we run out. Right ahead, I'm gonna stay back here. <laughs> Genevieve's also like, not moving forward. <laughs> sure, Shifra, you take off uh, before anyone else can get a good word in at you. Helen, I heard a 15 from your throw. Yes. And Shifra, as you're trudging across the swamp water, I don't want to hit Shifra. <laughs> the sand, uh, a small rock to Helen, a medium-sized rock to you, whizzes past you and dunk on the chest as it bounces off and splashes in the water, not reacting to it at all. Um, Shifra, you make it to the chest. Um, as you stand over it, giving it a, a closer examination, it's clear to you that the bulk of it is made of wood. Um, iron fastenings hold the structure together, and there appears to be an, uh, an iron lock latch but no lock, like no padlock or combination, just the latch over it. Um, so it doesn't appear to be a lock or anything like that. You also notice a, a marker or a sigil, a symbol on the top half of the chest. The sigil is old, a little worn, was clearly like etched into a metal plate, but it's clearly some sort of metal hooked object um almost like a like a meat cleaving hook you know that you would like hang meat from um but it's very predominantly etched on the top of the chest okay um i check it for traps make an investigation check and are you searching for mechanical magical or just kind of all of it together uh yeah all of it together i don't want it to like blow up in my face or poison me of course. Yeah, let's see that investigation check. That would be... And as she's 20. doing that, I'm keeping an eye like on that cave and like everything else just kind of nervously shifting from foot to foot. Sure. Yeah, Talith, Shifra and the chest are probably, you know, 15, 20 feet away from the group standing together. That large cave is a good like 150 yards away, you know, maybe even a bit further than that. So anything that would come out of there would be easily noticeable for you and the group. Um, Shifra, I'm sorry, what was your role? 20. 20. From what you can tell, there are no mechanical or magical traps on it, but what you do discover is that it's maybe like rusted or stuck shut, you know, the inner frame bending in. It would take a great amount of physical force to open it. Hmm. I turn to Helen and I say, I think this would take a great amount of physical force to open. Did you say a great amount of physical force? <laughs> I did. It would be my pleasure. 
Uh, so I'm gonna walk over to the chest. Sure. Does anyone else want to join Helen as she makes her way over to Shifra and the chest? I just say everybody stand back. <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging back. Same. Very is good. it like is there like an external lock on it? Like could I swing the hammer and try to like hit the lock off of it, or is it more like Yeah, so there's no lock, there's no padlock or any anything like keeping it close on the outside. There's a latch, you know, like a padlock would go through, but there's mm-hmm. no lock on it. So you would just open the latch and force it open. You know what I mean? Yes. It's I like a, a, a door frame that's caved in blocking the door from opening. Gotcha. Okay. Well then I will attempt to open it. The construction spiders taught me that one. Uh, go ahead and make an athletics check. Uh, 16. 16. You force open this chest with relative ease, hoping maybe that everyone in the party was looking, you know, to show off that strength. And as you do, a quick flash of this opaque, white, gooey substance explodes from the chest. Shifra and Helen make dexterity saving. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) Thank God I'm back here. Very good call. 13. 12. Both failures this well-placed web trap so well hidden it bypassed shifra's investigation as this like literal spider's web like substance breaks out binding both helen and shifra inside the web um you know restrained and, and tied up talith make a perception check with advantage good Ugh. Uh, 16. 16. Um, you, your, uh, your watchful eye changes from that large mouth open cave to the sand, not far from where Shifra and Helen have just been trapped by this web. There, you see a creature fling up a false door covered by the sand as it is looking at Shifra and Helen bound in the web. This trapdoor spider looks awfully hungry. And how far away is it roughly from the uh, from the chest and from them? From them, probably 10 feet. Oh, okay. Uh, and I just, I, I just yell, uh, bad, 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 bad. And I start like running, um, running towards it. Absolutely. Are you doing it? Are you bringing out weapons? Are you yelling at this trapdoor spider? This thing is huge, you know, taking up at least a five by five cube. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably doing exactly that. I'm letting those kind of orange uh, um, power dagger things kind of uh, appear in my hands. And, and I'm going to go ahead and, and throw them at that spider. Um, you said it looks hungry, right? It's not like popping up like, oh, welcome to my home. No, it this I mean, even without an insight check, you can tell its front mandibles are, you know, oozing with saliva. It's large, you know, back end has these sharp, giant pointed spikes that are black tip with some secreting poison like liquid. And it's gauging what, you know, creatures have fell into its trap. Yeah, then I'm, um, I'm definitely going to throw some throw some power at it. Genevieve, Dante, anything from you two? Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to probably prepare to cast the spell. Okay. Um, 
Ray of Frost at some point. Sure. Absolutely. Get Ray of Frost ready and Genevieve. How about yourself? I'm sorry. What was the distance between us and the spider again? From you and the spider is about 15 feet. 15 feet? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Genevieve's going to very quickly unbuckle the leather strap that holds in her crystal ball and have in her hand prepare um, a spell. Excellent. Um, Talith, with your weapons drawn and Dante and Genevieve prepping spells behind you, make an intimidation check with advantage since two or more players are trying to ward off this spider. Uh, Meanwhile, Helen, Shifra, are you two doing anything to try to break free of this restrainment? Yeah, I'm trying to bust out. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. Uh, Go ahead and make a strength saving throw, uh, Helen and Shifra. How about you? I would be trying to cast a spell at the spider. Okay. Uh, what spell? I would try to gas, cast um, Guiding Bolt. Excellent. Um, attack rolls while restrained in this web will be at disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's possible your party members might scare this thing off before it comes to that. Talith, how's your intimidation? 13. You have your psionic weapons, the spells of your companions launching from behind you. Give me the flavor behind the intimidation. Oh, oh, it's literally what I said. I'm just running up yelling, bad, 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 bad. Uh, meanwhile, I look over at Genevieve and just like shake my head and like, here we go again. And I just like <laughs> take out my wand and I'm like ready to cast, like trying to like you know, it's essentially like synchronized casts as we both like see each other, like absolutely. Doing this. <laughs> um, um, I got a 24 on my strength check. If you care, I do care. Thank you. Uh, Genevieve, did you have something to add? It looked like you wanted to say something. Oh no. I'm just like absolutely agreeing with Dante. Like, well, this is happening now and following in with spells. All right. I have, all the information needed to now narrate the next events. And here they are. Talith running at the spider, drawing his psionic weapons, yelling bad, 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 as Dante and Genevieve prepare their spells to assist. The trapdoor spider's attention shifts from the trapped Helen and Shifra to the other three party members, gauging the threat level of them, knowing that it's now pretty well outnumbered. It quickly and simply pops down into the sand, retracts its trapdoor, and disappears. Talith, as you get to like the near spot the trapdoor spider was, careful to not get closer to exactly where it popped out, you switch back over in time to see Helen bare muscle fist her way out of these encroaching webs, silk dripping from her biceps and shoulders. Yeah. Wow. Uh, are you are you uh, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. And I'm going to go over to Shifra and I'm going to try to rip her out of the spider webs too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, assuming Shifra, uh, you would allow Helen to oh, yes. get that close there. May I? Welcomed. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, Helen, you bust Shifra out. Talith, you probably make your way over to meet them as well. Um, and the three of you are now standing over this chest that's no longer trapped. I mean, uh, I'm- I pointed. I point down at it and I say, this one, this one is not from Kahanit. Oh, is that so? <laughs> it's so. 
All right. <laughs> well, I mean, is there was was that all that was inside? And I'm looking nervously at where the uh, the trap door was. Like, was there was there anything useful in there? You want to finish looking inside, Helen? And the chest, yeah. Excellent. As you look inside the chest, now wide open, you notice there are nothing but rocks inside of no value. Uh, Just rocks. Any cool rocks? Not even any cool rocks, no. Like not a one. I'm going to take one of the rocks from the chest and I'm going to yeet it angrily at the trap door. (laughs) You throw it angrily at the trap door as you hear, you know, like a thud, um, like you would if, you know, there was a stud behind a wall or something like that. And um, you wait a moment, hammer ready to smash, but no trap door spider erupts from the false door. Helen Uh, looks kind of disappointed. I'm going to walk up to that trap door. I'm like, now we ain't going to have any more of this. And I'm going to grab my wand and cast Ray of Frost. I'm just going to cantrip like the trap door outline like i'm just sure. going to keep doing it until like it freezes a bit absolutely yeah taking a little extra time here to freeze that door shut not wanting to deal with the bs of neverland um it's sealed and sealed well um so are we gonna you know continue on over to the camp or as we should As you all sort of gather back around, you sort of have a small fork in the road ahead of you. You see Kahanit's camp on the sandy shores, um, not too far away, uh, maybe 100 yards, pretty close to like the coastal line where the ocean meets the sand. You see one tent um, pitched with some tables, crates, barrels, that sort of thing. you know, caked over in, in, in time and sand. An equal amount of distance away is the cave entrance where beautiful, luscious, calming music is pouring out of. Um, it's instrumental in nature, um, you know, harps, uh, maybe some flutes, other like personal instruments. Um, you might be able to decipher what that noise is, what the music is if you got a little closer, but that's sort of what you're looking at, the camp and the musical cave entrance. Uh, what Dante is going to do is right when he hears the noise and sees the camp, he's just going to stand still, do what I'm doing, wrap his arms around and just like look at the group and just wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I assume that Talith is probably kind of taking the lead a little bit because um, he, he tends to, to scout ahead somewhat. And so him upon seeing the camp does a bit of a sheaf run is like, it's over here. Let's go. And just kind of turns and starts like power walking towards it. Yeah. Assuming people are following. Yeah. I follow as well. Best decision we've made all day. And I'm just going (laughs) to walk with the rest of the group. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Turning away from the cave entrance, seeing some uh, opportunity to rest not too far on the horizon. The group makes their way to Kahanit's camp. Um, Talith, a little bit ahead of the group there, um, and even Helen, considering your stature, your height, both of you notice uh, another creature in the sand on your path towards Kahanit's camp. It's a creature that's familiar to you, um, a smiling ray, uh, a creature we encountered in our previous session, um, a, a, essentially a manta ray, a large manta ray 
um, has washed up on shore. It seems to be belly up from where you are in Talith. As you take a few steps closer, you notice that it's rather dried out, not breathing, far away from the water. This smiling manta ray is dead. Uh, and it just looks like it doesn't look like attacked. It looks like dried out or whatever. Correct. It looks like it probably washed up on shore too far up shore. No other tide available to draw back into the water. Turn to Dante and I say, watch your pants. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go up and, and, and nudge it with my hammer. Absolutely. Um, Helen, make a nature check for me. <laughs> That's a nine minus one, so that's an eight. An eight. Um, and follow that up, sorry, with a survival check as well. Both kind of determine what you're going to figure out here. That's a six. A six. Um, it's, it's no secret that Helen's not the smartest woman, um, but she knows a, a, a sharp oh. object. Sorry if that was too much. <laughs> she knows a sharp object when she, she sees one. That tipped pointed tail of the smiling ray yeah. would make for a good weapon if it could be crafted into one. Um, there's an opportunity here to sort of, you know, reap this dead creature of its resources. Would it make like a cool whip end perhaps? Absolutely. It would certainly take some crafting, some know-how, um, whether you or someone else in the group has those abilities, um, or you could find someone who has those abilities. If you could successfully scavenge the Smiling Ray, you could keep it until there's an opportunity to, to craft it. Anybody have a dagger or, or a knife? Or maybe a sharp rock. That's kind of absentmindedly, like like hand her a dagger, like you know, still kind of like inching closer to the uh, to the camp. I just sort of it's put up it's my dead already. I, I don't dagger. know. I, yeah, I don't know what you. I mean, it's already dead. But can we can we go? No, hold on. Resources, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna try to slice off the uh, the tail. Absolutely, Helen. Make a survival check to cut the tail of the smiling ray. All right, much better. Uh, 19. An excellent roll. Uh, you cut it in such a way that you don't damage the tip or like the bone structure of the stinger, preserving it to be crafted or modded uh, into or onto a weapon. I wave it at Dante and I go, you want it? No, I like you, but uh, that's a quick way to get frosted right now. I don't, uh, don't want nothing to do with that right now. <laughs> grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Any, anybody else have any use for this? I'm just waving it. <laughs> can we can we figure out later? Like, look, we can literally rest if we take 12 steps. Oh, go, that way. go. I'm not stopping you. Go. Okay, okay, good. And I go. Excellent. Yeah, the group makes their way finally to Kahanit's camp. It's a bit soggy um coastal waters have continuously washed up over the camp you know drenching all the barrels the tent um and you know in a bit of water underneath um as you look around you do see some supplies left by kahanit in a rush helen as you sort of remember having to escape another uh, uh, netherland neverland um 
in the state that you had to. Um, but this seems to be a fair place to finally rest. Um, do we want to do the resting first, check the camp later for supplies, vice versa? How are we feeling? Uh, I'm going to go up to Helen. Um, well, looks like this tent's knocked over. You want to set this up like we did in circus? Oh, yeah, you know I got the mallet for it. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to see... Or, um, me and Helen are going to work on getting the tent back up because I imagine you said like things were knocked over and everything yeah. was everywhere. So uh, I don't know what the rest of the group is going, but I, I feel like Dante and Helen would probably take the initiative on at least getting that going. Excellent. Yeah, Dante yeah. and Helen, you're making the, the camp proper for a good amount of resting. Excellent work. Uh, Shifra, Genevieve, Talith? Genevieve, yeah, they're like setting up the camp. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. If they're setting up the camp and we can't rest yet, then I will go ahead and uh, see what else is going on here. Excellent. Talith, Genevieve? Um, that's pretty much going along the same lines. If there's uh, items that Genevieve can start looking through, I should like to do that. And Talith? Same thing. I'm probably like, I see them looking. I'm kind of like nervously kind of walking around behind them. Like, do, do you see anything that looks like magical? I don't know magic. That's not my thing. But is there is there a zappy thing that could get us uh, either out of here or maybe to where that star is going to be? Do you see anything? Um, is there anything over there? And as you've come to learn from him, he's probably just going to keep talking. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will cast detect magic. Excellent. Um, yeah, Shifra, as you cast a spell to help ease over Talith's nerves, you do find a few magical items, and we'll start with those. Um, you find a small, like, footlocker-type chest half buried in the sand, um, you know, covered in, like, you know, algae and seaweed. Uh, you uproot it, pop it open, and inside you find eight potions of healing, you find three potions of restoration. You find three magical scrolls that you'll need to take mm -hmm. some time to decipher what spells are, are written on them. Mm -hmm. And you find a stone, a small stone, you know, maybe the size of a golf ball with a hole carved through it. Your detect magic spell identifies that this stone has magical properties, but you don't know what those properties are without you know further identification. Um, Genevieve, as you're looking around the camp as well, you find some mundane goods that that might be useful to keep around. You find a rolling pin, silk gloves, a compass. Bacon wrapped neatly in some cloth, a handful of small quartz stones, and a small collection of strawberries. Shifra, I would also say, um, since you're actively looking, you know, for signs left by Kahanit as, you know, guidance or, or help, you find a small journal that he left here as well that has a few notes that I think you would want to copy down. A few notes about the island, some experiences that Kahanit had with the local residents of Neverland. These bullet point notes give you some information, but not like full on, you know, deep dives. You learn that pirates attack the crocodile's nest during a new moon. 
you learn gnomes near the jungle's center are master builders and crafters. You also learn that trees won't grow past the iron fence. And the last bit of information, um, written before this bullet point sentence, you see the word rumor like in quotation marks. And it says, the giants are unwell and have abandoned the maintenance of the island. Do I, um, upon reading that, do I make any connection between that and the giant bird that we saw in the cave? Make an insight check. I would say no. Uh, the bird in the cave writings was, you know, this singular creature, you know, the size of the island, essentially. And the note from Kahanit mentions giants, plural, um, okay. multiple creatures. So you don't think that they're related. Okay. Uh, what you? What did you find? Did you? Uh, is there? Is there some magic? Is there some stuff that'll that'll get us there quicker? Uh, I didn't find anything like that, but I found some, some, he left some notes about the island and, and I will read them to you. Um, so, so, you know, Helen, maybe these gnomes could make you something out of that fancy little manta ray stinger you got. (laughs) As she's hitting cleats into the sand. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Genevieve will kind of walk over. I don't know if anyone's hungry. I found some some strawberries and I think this is bacon. Hmm. L- leftover. Interesting. Like How left did these strawberries bacon? stay fresh out here? Are they magical strawberries? Um, I think, Shifra, with your detect magic still up, you would know that, yeah, they are magical strawberries. Uh, the mechanics mm-hmm. of good berries filtered mm-hmm. into these six strawberries. Mm-hmm. The bacon, however, is just well-salted and preserved and wrapped up bacon. Well, I know I'm not the only one thinking it, but bacon-wrapped strawberries, right? <laughs> right? I think you, you might have been the only one thinking that, that actually. Yeah, so... Nice do idea, do, though. Do you do a lot of eating, like a lot of uh, eating? I mean, I, I, I eat, sure. Oh, okay. Do, I didn't I know. Mean, is that like a? I mean, kind of like, <laughs> Shifra, I Genevieve, eat. as you bring all these items together and, and start discussing them, um, Helen and Dante have now constructed the campsite uh, in a safe and fine manner. Uh, the group can now officially take a well-deserved long rest. Um, Real quick, it took an hour to get from the wetlands to the camp. So by the time you start the the long rest, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Four hours in this camp will be needed for a long rest and that you find, you know, adequate place to rest. Um, So by the end of that time, we'll we'll have moved four hours. Do we level up? We now have a moment an opportunity during this town, this downtime to explore a few things. 
Um, Shifra, you've already started talking about these notes from Kahanit, but maybe that's something more you want to bring up with the group in discussion, maybe to make this information known as much as you want it to be known. Um, I also think this is a good chance for you all to talk to each other. Um, meeting in Big Ben Tower, however long it feels now, was the first time you really met one another. And past introductions don't really know who everyone is, where you're from, what your relation to Kahanan is, and why he thought, sorry, why they thought you should be on the island now searching for the star. Maybe you have your own questions and thoughts about each other, but this is a good time to sort of get to know on each other. We're going to be on this island for a long time. So get those strawberries wrapped in bacon, start the campfire, and begin your rest. So go ahead and take a long rest on your character sheets. Make sure you recover all hit points and spell slots. Shifra, um, maybe you want to start with sharing those notes from Kahanan yes. and what they might mean. Yeah, I will. So I'll share the notes with everyone. I um, so so Helen, I know you talked about things happening at strange times here, and Kahanit left some notes. I don't know if maybe you said you were here before, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So so, do you know anything about these pirates attacking a crocodile's nest at noon or at the new moon? Sorry, the new moon. Do you know anything about that? I only saw one other person here. I, I had no idea there were pirates. Or a crocodile, oh. or giants, or oh. most things. I, I saw okay. nukes. I saw trees. Oh. I saw an old lady, and a monster that ate my shadow. Oh, an old lady. An old lady. Yes, I was trying to do a good deed and save the old lady from the shadow monster, but that didn't turn out too well for me. <laughs> hmm. And I when your shadow got taken. Yes. What happened to the old lady? I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, um, while that's happening, I'm going to go outside and try and find uh, like a cloth or something that's like draped over something. I would assume there's some rags or cloth or whatever. Uh, with one of the things that uh, Helen put up, uh, I imagine she probably put some tight wire somewhere I asked her to. I'm going to put my dry, my wet pants on there <laughs> and then just like use whatever canvas or rag to cover the rest of my, my bottom, uh, <laughs> the bottom self up. And then, uh, I'll go back into the tent. We just bury the bottom half of you in the sand and that's how you can maintain <laughs> decency. Um, Helen, do you need a, a refresher on those events with the old lady? In the no, I just remembered it. Gotcha. Um, well, she, um, She's actually the one who pointed me in the direction of Kahanit. Um, after my, my shadow was taken, she told me that he was, that they were how I, I could get home. Uh, so I, I don't know. Her house has legs, so she could be anywhere, in theory. Hmm, interesting. So, so is that how you met Kahanit? Yes, yes. Oh, so how did you get here in the first place? Um, well, by plane, but then my plane crashed. Oh. And then I was here. And everyone I was with is dead, so. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Ah, uh, it's all right. Uh, I made it, I made it off the island, and uh, now I'm back, so that's great. Hmm. 
Stacy here with some new friends, so. At least I didn't lose you, huh? Yeah. You and your good old wet pants. I mean, they're drying. Come on now. For now. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I hope it doesn't stay wet this whole adventure. I, I just can't. <laughs> um, Helen, would you, you know, after Shifra asks you about how you got to the island, how you met Kahanit, would you have any interest in asking Shifra's connection to the Dragonborn? Um. Yes. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, one sec. Um. So hold on. I, I know how. I know how you know Kahanit, Dante, because yeah. you read books and and things. Um. Tell us. I know how you know. You wait. I know how you know Kahanit. I know how you know Kahanit. How do How do you know Kahanit? <laughs> Well, um, so I'm I'm a star druid, right? And I study the stars, and that's what Kahanit does. And so, so I just met them, you know, in in my druid circle. They would travel around, and um, and once they traveled through my village to meet with with my circle, and and I I just sort of took to them because I wanted to learn everything I could. And so I I tried to get under Kahanit's wing, and and they mentored me and then as they traveled on we kept in touch through letters i just i just assumed everyone who knew kahanit was was studying stars i had no idea you know there were there were all these other talents out there that that kahanit worked with i didn't know you all you all read read books together for for fun is that is that correct books and and we read that we read a lot of star maps you know things like that it's not necessarily a book book per se Hmm. Helen is trying to understand so hard, so hard why a group of people would want to do that together. <laughs> Just nodding very politely, but with a terribly confused expression on her face. Genevieve, maybe picking up on Helen's polite interest in, in Shifra's story, um, you two having sort of like a, a similar connection with your, you know, divine abilities like Shifra had with uh, Shifra's stargazing abilities, you would find some sort of similarity there, um, something you'd want to talk about? Um, I think Genevieve is probably going to start poking a bit more in intrigue at Shifra's sure. story, not necessarily divulging her own. You you said a village, is that right? I yes, feel so silly my, asking. My... I'm I'm sorry. I, I feel so silly asking. Where are all of you from? <laughs> oh, I'm from a tiny village in Ireland. Oh, Ireland! I've never been there. I've always wanted to go though. Beautiful. Um, Helen, Dante, where where are you, where are you from? Um, and I'm going to respond. Uh, more quickly than Helen on purpose. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I come from uh, Jamaica, roundabouts from America. So, um, but now I, I live in. I've been living in in the UK for for a while now. I don't know. Um, I I was in the mountains, and then I was in the circus. I'm not really sure how I got from one place to the other. Um. So I guess I'm from America. I don't know. I, I don't think about it that much. Yeah, we, we figure somewhere around the north. We don't know where, but that's what it seems like. Interesting. 
I was having difficulty placing um, accents for everyone, I guess. Uh, Talith, what about you? You mentioned uh, another place. I'm sorry, it, it completely fails me. Oh no, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm from Sharn. Uh, well, I, I was from Sharn. I guess technically I'm from the Shadow Marches now because I had to move, and that was a whole that was a whole thing. But um, but yeah, I'm from there. You know, that's kind of where I grew up, and and uh, and now I'm from the Shadow Marshes, and then and then I, I travel a lot. So really, I'm kind of from everywhere. Um, I like to think of myself really as like a as you know a, a citizen of of the worlds um, more than really a, a particular place. I enjoy traveling quite a bit, and so you know, I, I, I kind of I don't want to tie myself down to one particular place, um, but that's kind of that's kind of the way I think of it. Uh, really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up and out in the world. I'm not from here or from there. I'm everywhere. You know, that's that's my thing. Kind Inside of. check. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just, just want to know if you're trying to hide something or if you're being insecure. That's the insight check. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah ro- roll it first, up. I'll roll a history check, then an insight check for me. Okay, okay, okay. It's like that person who talks about, I'm a citizen of the world, but then they mention another way to say it, and you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, you said which one first? History first, please. Tight, 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 tight. Uh, Eight. Um, (laughs) Talith, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, You know, Dante, you've done some, some, you know, immense studying in your time with Kahanan and, you know, becoming a wizard. Uh, You would recognize some of the locations Talith mentioned as locations in Eberron. Uh, hmm. The world, the realm of Eberron. This, yeah, and this will be the first person I've ever met from Eber- Eberron that I know of. So, right, certainly read about this region, this kingdom, this these lands, um, but first time meeting someone from there. Uh, now, make your insight check. This is Michael Rolls on Michael Rolls. <laughs> uh, a, a three total. Yeah, I mean, well traveled. Talus seems sincere and uh, and truthful in the words he is saying. That's wild. This kid's been places. As but young he doesn't want to come here. Oh no, no. I mean, I like I like I like going places. I um I I mean, Mr. Khan, it is very powerful and very wise. But that that uh that that person um with their their robe and and all the the evil stuff and the tattoos. Like I didn't feel good leaving them alone with with them and. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we need to get back and have their back. You know, um, this How place is great. It's great. Well, uh, they're kind of the, the the reason I had to move. Um, that was a little unexpected. Uh, I mean, I so so you know, I work on, I work on, uh, I work on airships. No, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, an airship, like, like a plane. No, no, way better than those. Those are not great airships are amazing and my eyes like light up i was like you can fly so high and so fast it's like you're floating airplanes are rough and loud and and they're fine i guess if you you know if you want to do that thing but but an airship that's freedom like that's that's how you soar um but but yeah what does it look like uh it's well uh you you've been in 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 uh London, right? You've seen their ships. It's like that, yeah. but uh, way up in the air and not in the water. And uh, and we use, you know, we use our, our, our rings to move us around. And um, 
but, but anyway, when, when I used to work on those and I've always kind of grown up on these. And then one day, uh, like Kahanit shows up and just, uh, you know, says that they need a charter somewhere. And so we give him a ride and he starts taking more rides and then he disappears for a bit. Then he comes back and takes more rides. And then one day he says he needs to hire me. And I guess he offered the captain a lot of money because then he got to hire me and take me away. And then suddenly we were at the council and the council said I was one of them. And my, my neck lit up and they said I had to move. And then he told me I had to come to London. So then I came to London. What and council? Then we were, well, the, the of, 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 of the clan, the, the council. Did you not know anything? No, we uh, know many things. They definitely know some things. Well, yeah, yeah uh, but I mean, like, you, you don't know, you don't know about the clans or the council or. or... Have you even heard yeah. of Eberron? Uh, honestly, before no. you know. I no. have, but never met anyone from there. Dante, is that where we filmed King Kong? No, no, it's not. That's not no. it. That's dude. No, you would know. Um, yeah, no, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it, it's it's a lot to explain, but I mean, I mean, I will if if you want me to, and you very much get the sense that he will just talk your ear off for this entire Ms. rest. Genevieve, where if you are you from? You, you you did inquire with yes. us. Uh, Tell us your tale. <laughs> I live in London. Um, I've been all over the place. I was in America for most of my life, but kind of recently went to London. I like it there so far. And did you study with Kahanan as well? Um. In a matter of speaking, honestly, he just showed up at at my shop, and this is going to sound really silly, but I really haven't met a lot of people like you or like Hanit, so this is all very, very interesting. Usually, I can get a sense for people and what they're thinking, and I mean, she'll kind of just absentmindedly kind of roll the crystal ball around in her hand. I, I couldn't with him. And he was able to kind of explain some of these weird visions I've been having. And wait, I mean, can you, do you know what we're all thinking right now? Yeah, like, is that what you do in your shop? Can you tell us what we're thinking? It's, uh, she will try as subtly as possible to cast a check thoughts on Shifra. Sure. Um, it's, I believe, a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Yes, wisdom. It'll be a 13. Shivra, please make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, can we be a 15. Genevieve, if you like, you can either try to guess what Shifra's thoughts might be, maybe with a quick insight check, um, or play it off however you like. Uh, she'll be honest. You're difficult too, actually. Hmm. Oh, is that a good thing? I guess it depends. Maybe. Uh, you know your thoughts. I don't right now, so. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Ms. Genevieve, question. Do, okay. you, do you have any sort of uh, capabilities of making a bonfire or some fire of some sort? I, I, I do not. I'm a, I'm a city wizard. I never prepared anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Um, I can I can try. I can definitely try to help. I've had two once or twice. Uh, and she'll start trying to help with actually assembling a campfire. Okay. I didn't know if you had a spell, so I was like, oh, maybe this other person knows. Okay. Unfortunately, I mean, with all the spells that I have known, it's a, as Kahana would point out, I don't know a lot of them. So. 
with the group working together to get a fire started, um, the sun is beginning to set behind the island's horizon. Um, as we get a bit closer to 3 p.m., the end of our four-hour rest, is there anything anyone from the group wants to ask each other or bring up before we set back off into the island? Yes, I would bring up this note. Um, Helen, you mentioned the trees, that the trees are like a thing here. Is that right? Well, well, mm, so... Not all the trees, but I was attacked by some of the trees. Okay. But I feel like it's going to be pretty obvious. Okay, because Kahanit wrote that the trees don't grow past the iron fence. Did you see an iron fence? No. Okay. Well, that's good information for us to have, I'm sure. And there were two potential pathways that we're thinking of taking? Yes. We can either sort of make our way back through the wetlands and then into the swamp. Um, Helen, you are familiar with the swamp. Is that is where you ran into that old lady with the walking house? Um, Or we could scale this cliff wall here um, directly into the swamp by bypassing the wetlands to get that much closer to the Great Hill. You can also attempt to scale up the cliffside wall directly into the hex of the Great Hill, but that wall is a lot higher and a lot cliffier, if you catch my drift. There is enough climbing equipment in Kahanit's camp to outfit all of you with the necessary climbing gear. It just comes down to how much time you think you have and what risks you're willing to take. We've been discussing these two options. Um, Genevieve is going to get into her bag and take out um, some very uh, small wooden uh, uh, little pieces. If anyone looks at them, you'll tell the runes. Um, I would like to ritual cast. Um, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this because I've never said it or cast it before. Um, Augury? It's a divination. That's pretty good. Okay. And let me look up that spell real quick. Or do you have it handy with you? I do, yes. So um, it's going to be a ritual spell. Cast a ritual. It's going to be 11 minutes. Um, And essentially just uh, casting uh, these runes to try to see specifically between these two options. Actually, I'll say if we take the path that Helen's familiar with, am I getting the the feeling that this will be a more successful journey for us? Understood. Give me a little flavor. Um, it takes you some time to cast the spell as you look for, you know, this ward, this omen to bring you some clairvoyance. What's that look like? What's that sound like from Genevieve? Um, Genevieve would be trying to sit as comfortably as she can on the ground, um, taking a small cloth out and placing it on the sand, trying to Thank you. 
breathing rhythmically with it. Um, and near as uh, it gets near the end of that 11 minute process, she'll cast the runes. Um, and before she opens her eyes, she just sets her hands down on each side of the cloth. And as the runes sort of shift around in front of you, they spell the word wheel, yielding a good result for that journey, traveling quickly through the wetlands, into the swamp, then into the great hill. And you have a good feeling about it. Well, um, I feel like the path you've mentioned, Helen, I feel like that might be a really good path for us. I, um... I mean, if, if you believe in it, sure. I'm a little bit worried about the shadow-eating monster that did show up there, but I'm, I can't eat my shadow twice, right? <laughs> that's, that's true, and there are more of us this time. Yeah, it doesn't that's feel good, just as a, as a heads up, but... With the path chosen, the group rested. You gather your things to soon venture forth, but before we do, let's take a quick break uh, for the cast and the stream. Give everyone a quick breather. Um, during the break, we will be running our Black Oak Workshop giveaway. Your Ooh. chance to scoop up two sets of dice from Black Oak Workshop. One of the dice featuring their Snowflake Winter White Glittery Dice Set. It is a fantastic dice set to have. I wish I could win it myself. Um, you can start, I believe, spamming hashtag Newt, N-E-W-T, into the chat for your chance to win those dice. And we'll see you soon. Welcome back from the break. Hopefully everyone got a chance to enter the giveaway. Fluffy Snowfall will announce the winner in chat. We'll be sure to message the winner after the show to get in touch so you can get your dice. Um, with that said, uh, our players end their long rest. Uh, and during that long rest... We all leveled also, up. What's that? We all leveled up, I assume. Hey, now. A good way to not level up is asking. Yeah, you know, we're going up this hill. We don't want to poke them. You're wrong all level way. two now. How oh, weird. Andrew. I gave yeah. you eight healing potions, okay? Rookie I'll move. say you level up, level up the difficulty, okay? <laughs> uh, during the rest, Genevieve also cast Identify, a very handy spell to have. Uh, to not only identify the spell scrolls that the group found, but also that magical stone that Shifra found. This stone, whoever holds onto it, is given advantage against poison saving throws to overcome these ailments. I think we wanted to hand it off to Helen, as we think she's going to come in contact with poison the most. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Helen, uh, go ahead and add that to your inventory. Uh, we can figure out the, the nicks and crannies with Dean Beyond if you need, but just note, Adder stone advantage versus poison saving throws. What, what's the actual name of it? Because I think I can just. It's called. It's it's not in D and D Beyond. This is a Neverland specific. Ah, uh, never mind. Uh, but it is called the Adder Stone. Uh, very good. Rock. With that, we have a decision to make. 
We need to make it to the Great Hill, which you can actually see from your current location, this magnificent hill breaching through the canopy of the wild jungle of Neverland. That is where we must be to watch the star fall. It's 3 p.m. Shifra reminds the party the star will fall sometime around 8 p.m. We're not too far from that moment of time. We must now decide if we want to set course through the wetlands, Hex 5, into the swamp, Hex 10, then into Hex 9 with the Great Hill, or risk it for the biscuit to scale the coastal wall a little easier into Hex 10 or with much more difficulty into Hex 9. Group, how are we feeling? Well, as you say, scale the wall, the camera pans over to Talith, struggling to do a push-up over next to the thing <laughs> and go three. <laughs> so I, I just know. I pick him up by the back of his shirt and I lift him a little bit so he feels like he's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the gravity is really different here. It, You're really doing it. Let's climb, guys. Let's climb. We can do the swamp. Um, I, there's just probably a couple things to keep in mind, which would be sometimes the ground becomes a giant hole. So mm. hold on to the trees. And I also but don't recommend hold on to the trees, right? But not said... if the trees are trying to kill you, which they did not do in the swamp. It's just in, in the wetlands that the trees tried to kill me. Okay. So probably fine. Newts, not trying to kill you. But if the newts are running, they're running from something which might be trying to kill you. So stay alert. It sounds like we're leaning towards traveling through the swamp. And of course, with Genevieve's Augury spell, um, we have a moment of support and clairvoyance. Um, Genevieve getting a sign of good fortune taking that route. All right, no contenders. Genevieve, did you want to add something? Uh, no, Genevieve, but I've just started getting her back together and look at everyone. Excellent. I'm good As are. we gather our gear, our new friends, we make our way back. Real, real quick question. Yes. Sorry, I know we investigated the whole thing, but did we find anything of Kahana's, like anything that looked like it belonged to them that was like a personal effect? Um, anything at all, like, glasses or you know some something they might have left behind on the camp roll a d100 hi i've played D for a while how do i do that again you're gonna take percentile, your percentile and a d10 and your d10 yeah your percentile will be your first number your d10 will be your second do, 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 do. 77 77 as we look on the handy dandy uh, trinkets and trophies uh, randomization chart in the ever so useful Neverland 5th edition campaign guide. Spoiler, we'll be giving away copies of that next session of the game. Um, and I'm sorry, remind me. You 77. 77. You find a tiny iron horseshoe on a silver chain. And you recall, Talith, your, your knowledge of, uh, of Kahanit and your relationship that as, as, as much as Kahanit was able to look into the future, make predictions, um, you know, work on all these prophecies, 
Kahanet always knew that a bit of luck would go a long way and idolize like the horseshoe, spending uh, their time in, you know, London, around the realm of Earth, um, adopting that sort of, um, you know, cultural thing of horseshoes. Yeah. Having that, that kind of symbolism. Um, then I probably would have picked that up at some point and, and not made a deal of it to the others. And I probably would have just uh, like slipped the chain over my neck and like tucked the horseshoe in luck being uh, very important to um, Talith as well. And something that, that he and Kahana probably had many discussions about. Um, and so he just kind of tucks it in and then follows the group. Absolutely. Yeah. Please note the iron chain with the horseshoe pendant. Yeah. So plus Excellent. four to strength. Um, nope. Okay. <laughs> Never hurts. Uh, we make our way across the warm sand beaches back into the cold, wet, wet lands. Um, luckily, an hour passes through Hex 5 with no dangers, no encounters, no interactions, nothing. As 4 p.m. rolls around, the group makes their way into the swamps of Hex 10. Now, the group is a little dirty. Sorry, Dante, you wanted to say something? No, uh, I'm just going to say that I did not leave my dry pants at the camp. Those <laughs> pants are on me before we went off. Again, of, yes, of course, as I assume an experienced wizard never leaves without the proper stuff. I'm a city wizard, so I'm not quite sure. So it's good to ask me. So <laughs> If we ever get fan art, I just want it to be of Dante, like aggressively trying to dry his pants before we keep moving on so he can just like be comfortable. That'd be so cute. <laughs> Uh, we make our way into Hex 10, the swamp. The ground quickly turns to this spongy-like, you know, grass-fed earth. As it submerges the jungle topography in this swampy, dense, and humid mangrove. You are always cautious with every step you take, not knowing if this like membrane like earth is going to pop and you'll fall right into who knows how deep of swamp water. Reeds, thin jungle trees grow from the mangrove filled murky water as you all sort of naturally huddle close together to move safely through this area. Such a terrain requires extra time to safely move through, where the beach hexes needed two hours to travel, the swamp hex will need three hours to travel. Spending an hour to get through the wetlands, we're now at 4 p.m. as we enter the swamp, rounding 7 p.m. as we emerge from it to get to the hill, but first we must get through the swamp. Luck be have it, Talith. Call it the, the necklace left behind from Kahanit. The first hour of swamp travel is made with ease. No encounter, no monsters, nothing interacting with the group. And the murkier it gets, the more like intentional Talith is being like looking, especially remembering the uh, the bog bodies as he, I guess I know they're called now. Um, yep. You know, just knowing that spiders and shit can pop up from anywhere so super attentive um do i see any of the the nice uh liquid filled fruit that i encountered 
Make a survival check. Ho, 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 20. You do. Um, Helen points out a, a thin trunked tree with this large fruit growing from it that's far too large to be supported by the even thinner branches of this swamp tree. The fruit is sort of hourglass shaped orange and yellow in color and has a variety of texture on the same tree. Some of the fruit is smooth and, and clean, like the skin of the fruit, and some of the other fruit growing is like wrinkly and pruney. Helen, do you remember which fruit was safe to eat? Emily does not remember. Helen um, does. The pruny, wrinkly fruit is the ripe fruit and yes. the safe fruit fruit to consume. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Can I can I pluck one of the wrinkly fruits from the trees? Absolutely, Helen. It takes you one hand to like cup and pluck it. Uh, anyone else in the party would need two hands to do so. Um, you can safely carry it with you. It does take some time to like carve and and you know get ready for consumption um but it would certainly give some invigoration to everyone in the party if you want to take a break to do so anybody want a snack i promise it's not poison and i'm not just saying that because i can't be poisoned <laughs> <laughs> uh, after traveling for two hours the group might feel uh, the need for a quick break why not it's probably the the nicest thing this island has to offer if you think this is nice Oh, it was delightful. I have to say, everything everything is scary here. Well, not everything, but most things are scary here. This fruit, pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and as you find some decently dry swampland to sit on, Helen carves the fruit and distributes it to the group. Um, does everyone partake in consuming it? Bring it on. Wonderful. Yeah, that'd be great. Can you share? You each feel refreshed, rehydrated, and nourished as you gain five temporary hit points from Ooh. consuming this Neverland fruit. Low-key aid. Aid fruit. That's, that's like over a third of my health. <laughs> it's like that doubles the wizard's health. <laughs> oh, man, you're that bad. Sheesh. Very good. Um, anyone else have any, anything to say while we're snacking on Neverland fruit, or are we ready to keep traveling? So if we, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, after we, when we see where the star is, we go to the star, we get the star, how do we get home? I have the pixie dust. And and what we just like, is there enough for all of us? What Do, do you know what to do with it? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, knew, I just knew what to do with it at the museum, and it got us all back to Kahanit. That is Ifra, true. That's good make point. an insight check. Natural <laughs> 20. Natural 20. We need some kind of like snaps or finger guns. or We'll figure it out. <laughs> Something we cool need, like snaps or finger guns. star animation. Yeah. Ryan, there we go. our Twitch producer, he'll come One up. One day, yeah. It'll just be like the star you know, but it's second star. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Uh, Shifra, yeah, um, having the last pinch of pixie dust with you, um, you've just kind of naturally somehow been able to interpret and understand more of its magical properties. Um, if you recall, back in London, in the British Museum, you were able to take a pinch and 
teleport everybody back to Kahanit, understanding that it has some like short to medium distant teleportation properties, or it's able to just, you know, uh, bring whatever thoughts or emotions you're feeling or wanting to fruition. Um, you think back to how you got to Neverland. Kahanit had a small portal started, but needed the pixie dust to like jumpstart it and fuel it to open to send to Neverland. To get everyone home, you would know and understand that you would need that sort of base portal once more and the pixie dust to jumpstart it. There are many areas of Neverland we have yet to even step foot in, and hopefully, maybe, a portal like that exists dormant somewhere. Okay. But maybe that's enough reinsurance, Shifra, to give to Talith that there is a chance to get home once all of this star business is over. Yes, yeah, I have the pixie dust, which, and we would just need to find a portal, or maybe we have some wizards here. Maybe you could make a portal. Did Kahana teach y'all how to do that? Uh, nope, that's yeah. not... Uh, <laughs> that's going to take a little time. Uh, that's one of them uh, more well-studied, more experienced things. going to take a while for that. Okay, well, but it's doable. It's doable. And there, there may be a portal here. There was a portal to get here, so there must be a portal to go back. And we have the pixie dust, so it'll be fine. I mean, you know, between two capable wizards here, Miss Genevieve, I think it's probably pretty solid that we get back somehow. I think we steal a boat. <laughs> or that. That's a great idea. Um, Talith, you were talking about boats earlier. Well, a, a, airships. They're not. They're not a, they're not a airships, boat. Airships, okay. Sorry, okay. sorry. Yeah. I'm not used to boats that are in the air. So yeah, yeah that, that's it exactly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe we find well, I've never seen them outside of Ebra, but, you know, it's possible as long as we feel like we have a plan. Uh, have you seen anything like you've seen here in Eberron or on Earth for your brief visit? Uh, no, there's a lot more green here and water and uh, uh, the right. air feels better. Um, it's actually significantly better in just about every way except for the sky. The sky's in Eberron. Pretty so great. it's not out of the imagination that we probably find our way some way, somehow out of this place. You know what? Uh, I'm willing to, uh, you know, keep our fingers crossed and flip a coin, right? We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's the attitude. Yeah. Feeling maybe a little comfort, Talith, uh, you know, you have some sort of plan in the back of your head to get home. Uh, your brief rest consuming fruit is interrupted as you all now notice these gray storm clouds quickly forming overhead above the swamp. Uh, as we turn over another hour, hour two, into moving through the swamp, now 6 p.m., a rapid and quick rushing, thundering storm sparks overhead, making your footpath towards the Great Hill that much more difficult. Uh, I need everybody to make With a the dexterity saving throw as thunder and lightning crack over the wetlands here. I heard 21 from Helen. Yeah. 17 for me. 19 from Shifra. Talith, I'm sorry, what'd you roll? 17. 17, okay. Genevieve? 11. 11 and Dante? Same as Talith. 
Genevieve, you're a little too slow to dodge a bolt of lightning striking from the sky, igniting and blasting the earth next to you. You're not like the conducting rod, but the lightning strikes and sends you flying into the swamp water. A thud into the wet membrane membrane earth and then a splash as you puncture it. Genevieve, you're going to take eight points of lightning damage from the strike. Alfred life. <laughs> do, do I have like the opportunity to like like grab her or knock her out of the way to keep that from happening? Yeah. If you can make a a dex, uh, an acrobatics check. Okay, just straight that's acrobatics. faster than lightning. I'll allow it. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say when you were describing like the storm clouds that we start noticing, Genevieve was absolutely taking this moment to make a joke at Dante about like your what? pants just got dry and she's the one thing. <laughs> you made that joke and I'd be like, man, promise you wizard can't see nothing. Okay. Uh so it was a natural one, but I'm gonna use one of my luck points to re-roll that, and that's an 18. An 18. Um We'll say that you managed to jump to sort of uh, help, you know, Genevieve out as, as much as you can, not being quite fast enough to outpace lightning, but certainly bracing her fall from the blast as you like catch her and take some of the brunt with you. Talith, you can take three points of the damage that Genevieve took to your own self, if you like. I will do that. Wonderful. Um, Genevieve, as as Talith catches you, you both plummet into the wet earth. The sort of calmness of the lightning strike abides and you see Talith, you know, next to you prone on the ground. Uh, and she'll try to get up and like try to start lifting him as well. <coughs> hey, thank you. That was. Yeah. Uh, Just what I get for starting to make a joke, I guess. <laughs> I look at Dante. Uh, everything here wants I to hurt her. us. <laughs> Sorry. I look at Dante because I heard her make the joke about his pants and I go, You didn't do that, right? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Like That's Dante so summoned the light. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> She's not. She shared a spell with me. I'm gonna return and kind of just blast out of the ground. That's, that's you were pretty mad about your pants. I don't I know. Mean, okay, I don't understand yeah, magic. I, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> as Genevieve and Talos stand up and clean themselves off as best they can, the pouring downpour of rain helping you clean the dirt and mud away. The group has a quick decision to make. This storm isn't letting up. Um, and it's going to make your travels more difficult. Should you continue your on-foot travels to the Great Hill, constitution saving throws will need to be made versus exhaustion, traveling through the swamp, storm, and muck. You could also try to find some shelter to take a break out of the storm, relieving you of those exhaustion potential negative effects, but also spending more time not getting to the hill. What do we think? Can I tell at all, like, how long the storm might last? Make a nature check, Shifra. Uh, Twelve. Yeah, as you look up at the storm clouds, seeing how, you know, dense and cloudy and gray they are, you figure the storm is 
probably going to last another three hours at least. Okay. So that puts us past when the star is falling. And especially underneath a stormy cloud, it would be quite difficult to see a star fall from the sky. Right. Even if I were on the hill, it would still be hard to see the star. Um, as you look past the swamplands and towards the great hill, it's clear to you that the storm is pretty much contained over the swamp. Uh, the hill itself may be even breaching higher than these low storm clouds. It's region okay. specific, the storm is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, if Weird we stay here and wait out the storm, yeah, <laughs> yes, if we stay here and wait out the storm, we're going to miss it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, Shifra, I, I assume you share the information with the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. We want to trudge forward or try to wait the storm out. I think we have to book we it, right? We have to go forward. We still have some of those magical strawberries, right? We have we have to go forward, or we'll just miss it. All right. Very good. Let's do it. Everybody, make a Constitution saving throw. Um, Helen, if you can spin a bit of role play. Um, I'll allow you to use the aid action to give one of your companions advantage on their constitution check, whether it's, you know, carrying them on your back, um, you know, encouraging them, physically pushing them along, what have you. Hmm. Hmm. Tough one. All right. Well, I can probably carry one person. If anybody's feeling like, particularly not happy about trudging through the mud. Alice, you looked a little hesitant. Are you okay? Uh, it's just, you know, it's really, uh, it's just really muddy. I'm not used to rain, honestly. Uh, I'm, and I'm kind of lagging behind. Like, monkey. <laughs> how tall are you again, Helen? Um, I'm six, two. Okay. I'm six one. But she's a lot, you know, like she's got some bulk, yeah. bigger. She's, yeah. She's thick. You'd be like a backpack <laughs> as you like, you know, wrap your legs. I am long and lanky, so now. it's just like a weird spider form on your back. But yeah, I'll climb or aboard. Maybe she's just basket carrying you. I, I could you know just what? wedding carry you. Yeah. That's fine too. I just I snuggle or I in. Can throw you over my shoulder. That actually might work better. Fireman carry. There we go. I'm just gonna roll <laughs> this again make... and you figure out what it looks like. Oh my god. Constitution saving throws, Talith roll with advantage. I rolled a six and a five. Yeah, Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so I'm not much better, and I knew that was gonna happen. So don't worry. Oh great! Let That's me know a, your total rolls. Mine's a 19 total. Success. Rolled a nine. Failure. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So sounds like Helen is the Ooh. only successful. Oh no, no! Gen- I think Genevieve had a 14, maybe. 14. Yeah. Is a success. Manages to walk safely as well. Talith, Shifra, Dante, all three of you will now suffer from level one exhaustion trudging through this swampland storm. Uh, It just gets way much worse for me. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm, while I have Talith on my back, I am going to be pushing both Shifra and Dante uphill. I'm going to be trying (laughs) as best you can. And you can tell Um, you're like carrying me, but I'm clearly very like tensed and like not actually like taking advantage of the fact that you're holding me. I'm just like, like, like uptight and stressed and, and jumping every time there's lightning. I do have a question. Gently. (laughs) 
if I um if I cast long strider on myself, which improves my speed for the next hour, would that improve my situation at all in this muddy terrain or no? I would say casting the spell would um relieve you of the exhaustion effects. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, as you uh, bypass difficult terrain and um, you know, n- 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 putting the storm effects aside. Yeah, definitely. And I do that. Excellent. Yeah, not wanting to deal with these conditions, Shifra, you cast Long Strider to bypass any exhaustion effects. Classic. The dudes are holding us up. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, we travel an hour through the storm as the Great Hill is now closer than it's ever been. 7 p.m., one hour until the star should roughly be falling from the sky. There's not much time to waste and a little bit of swamp to pass through. Um, As we move through the end portions of the swamp, Helen, make a perception check. And Shifra and Genevieve, since you're not exhausted, you would have your sort of wits about you. Natural one. Okay. It's probably because of how much carrying and pushing I'm doing. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Are Shifra and Genevieve? Natural 20. Okay, good. Genevieve, you uh, give a quick halt command to the party as you see some creature in the water, almost like, you know, an alligator would be, you know, stalking um, prey, drinking from a riverside. Um, But you quickly realize that there is no harm to worry about as the creature, much like that smiling ray, is dead. Oh, Oh. nice and new. Helen, you would recognize this dead, bloated, swamp logged creature as a fire belly newt now this creature is substantial it's the size of an of a full-grown alligator like 12 16 feet long these large eyes with a glowing orange underbelly well that would be glowing if the creature was alive this alligator lizard like creature as i mentioned is dead floating in the water Genevieve, make a perception check with advantage following up that nat 20. You said with advantage? Yes, please. Oh, thank goodness. 18. 18. You notice that there's some sort of bulbous, oval-like shape protruding from the fire newt's belly, like something inside of its chest trying to like break out. It's not moving. It has a very defined shape. Your best guess is that it's an inanimate object. We could take some time to carve this object out of the dead newt as a potential resource to the party or not deal with it and keep making your way towards the hill. How large are the newts? The newts are long. This one probably 12 feet in length. Big, okay. Yeah. Uh, like, like think, like... think of a crocodile, like a normal crocodile, which are big. Um, and she'll very quickly, anyone who is who has taken notice of this, she has a small knife in her bag that she'd go out and grab and just sort of like start 
poking at the stomach a little bit. Um, it's a newt. I've seen one. They're friendly. This one, I'm sure, would be friendly if it weren't dead. Um, I think there's something in it. Do we? Do you guys think we have a minute, or should we keep going? Well, if there's fire in its belly, that might be helpful since it's cold and wet. There is no fire, at least oh. glowing from the be- the newt's underbelly. Well, um, Shifra, you've been a bit more, you know, understanding of the time than the. We we need to go. It's, we don't. We have barely an hour left before the star falls. That's uh, can we the- tell at all what the shape is? Frankly, it looks like a jar. Like a glass jar protruding from the belly of the dead newt. It's the best best way I can describe it to you. If you want to gut it real quick, like real quick, just nice and messy, let's go for it. Yeah, sure. And she'll take the knife that she just put away back out and just like really haphazardly start trying to stab it. (laughs) And that's exactly what you do from the rain dropping from the sky. A crack of lightning reveals as Genevieve holds up a glass jar full of raisins. Like full of raisins. (laughs) How full? How full of raisins exactly? All the way to the brim. Like, if you opened it, you'd be that lime guy meme. Like, oh, I can't hold all these raisins. <laughs> I feel like we need to stop uh, looking for stuff because it's always spider goop or raisins. All right, we gotta we'll go. We gotta go. For later. Let's just take it and run. Let's go. Maybe, maybe they're good raisins. Here, yeah. there, is no, there is no such thing as a good raisin. Let's keep moving. Genevieve, what do you do with the raisins? Oh, she's looking at Talith, I assume, still being held by, um, yes. yeah, by Helen. Why she's going to be here, here, so here, here, Talith, here. And let you put it in his hands. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on to this. <laughs> Excellent. And the group makes their way finally now out of the storm-filled swamp and into Hex 9, hey. the Great Hill. The hour is now like 7.50, okay? 10 minutes. And as you clear the storm, you see the night sky quickly taking over the, uh, the, the, the air above you. Stars starting to shine and sprinkle from the cover of night. But this hill isn't gonna be exactly easy to get up. It's a large hill that's clearly protruding over the jungle canopy. And frankly, it sort of looks out of place. This hill, absent of you know wild Neverland jungle growth, is filled with beautiful flowers, gardens, small insects like butterflies or hummingbirds strewning about. It almost looks like this garden hill was transported from some sort of you know, a state onto the island. Wrapping around the entirety of the hill is an iron-barred gate. And as far as you can see from left to right, there is no entrance. How tall's the gate? Sorry, fence. An iron-barred fence around the hill with no gate. No clear way to enter. 
The fence is a good nine, 10 feet tall. It's possible you could bend some bars, scale the wall, or walk around the hill to maybe find a gate. Or Helen is going Helen. to immediately try to pry the bars open with brute force. Make a strength, sorry, make an athletics check. Um, 19. Describe to me, Helen, how you bend these bars. Um, I'm just going to grip. I'm assuming there's just like two, a bunch of wrought iron bars. I'm going to grab two of them and I'm just going to pull with all of my might. And you're just, you see like all the veins in her biceps just bulging out as she fucking wrenches that iron apart. And you bend a clear hole through this iron bound fence with ease. Ooh. <laughs> One drip that? of sweat, maybe. No more of that. <laughs> you ever seen that in Eberron, Talith? Uh, I've, I've never seen that anywhere. <laughs> take Talith and I, yeet him through the hole in the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Um, excellent. So do we all want to make our way through the fence and start walking up this hill to the peak? Some of us yeah, have already I'm made like our way running. through this fence. Yeah. Shifra, make a constitution saving throw. Mm. Fifteen. So, Helen, you still, uh, you know, you put Talith down, you bend open the fence, you pick Talith back up to make sure he's going through this entranceway. Uh, Genevieve, you follow. Uh, Shifra, you kind of rush to get through as well, but you stop at the entrance to this iron fence. Uh, you feel hot as you are standing a foot away from it. Your fair skin actually starts to burn Shifra, you take three points of fire damage and sort of have to like cower away from the iron wrought fence, unable to pass through it. And Dante behind Shifra, like you walk up and aren't affected by this iron fence at all, like your companions before you. I am. I will, I will like quickly like glance around. Like I look like I am like, oh crap, did anyone see me? And then I will cast Misty Step to try and get myself to the other side. Yeah, with no problem, you teleport through across the fence to where Helen, Talith, and Genevieve are standing. Um, and, and, and frankly, I think everyone would be aware of you teleporting like that after being burned sure. from the iron fence. Okay. Are you all right? I'm fine. We got to go. We got like less than 10 minutes. All right. How many people do we need to catch this star? Because we should just go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. Uh, we're good. The boys will catch up. Don't y'all, you, you, y'all, you can, yeah. You, you. Yeah, I'm just going to dash. Yeah, slow. I'm, I'm dusting myself off, like from having been thrown again. He's going to hang back with the men and try to kind of help them up. Classic. So, Classic. Man. I'll cast um I'll cast Long Strider on myself again and also be dashing. Excellent. Yeah. As everyone makes their way to the top of this hill um, as fast as they can. Um, and once again, this hill is just weaved with beauty. A nice break from the dense wet jungle. This great hill is natural and and, and magical in the same respect. Flowers bloom everywhere. Um, you can hear what sounds like a harp 
being played from the opposite side of the hill, but never gets louder or or quieter as you like make your way up the hill or in like different directions. It's just this like as fast as you're moving, trying to get the top for the start to fall. The hill is also like calming and quaint and comfortable and dry. Dante, your pants as soon as you step foot on the hill are dry and clean. Finally, <laughs> somewhere on this island has some class. Yeah, and I will. I would have cast Long Strider at second level too, so it can be on both me and Helen. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Helen's like, this is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the group, one after another, finally makes it to the top. But before we do, yeah. Uh, Dante, you were kind of hanging back. Was there anything going on with that, or was it just like, oh, I'm. I'm not as fast as all these ladies. Yeah, you know? I'm oh, d- from this. I don't climb mountains like Dante. Of course, you, you're as fast as anyone. You're always dashing. Wow, is that what you're doing? Is <laughs> that what that whole thing was? I don't. I don't want to answer I'm that question. I'm a little bit faster now. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay. All right. I'm take take it back, on. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yell from over my shoulder I don't think you're his type <laughs> Talif I'm going to give you a point of uh, inspiration for that comment. Yeah. yeah you are Thank I think you. that's well deserving <laughs> very good we make our way to the top of the hill Shifra, you have, you know, you went through this quick moment of panic, not only, you know, thinking you might miss the star from falling, but this weird interaction you had with that iron fence all sort of like sets aside as you get to the top of the hill first. And you can now clearly see through the cover of night, a beautiful starry sky illuminating over Head we can't get Shifa to do nothing right now. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> Many constellations of different animals, legends, items, uh, shapes are painted clearly over the night's sky. Um, I would say even all of you might even forget for a moment that you're on Neverland, that you're waiting for this star to fall as you just immerse yourself in the sheer beauty of this unpolluted night sky. It's a wonder to behold. Everyone, make a perception check as we break from that moment of calm and niceness. Okay, Joe, you don't have to flavor it that way. Sorry. <laughs> 19. Or 18. Oh. Uh, believe it or not, your boy got a 20. Whoa. Whoa. I've been hot today. Even on the other D&D Beyond stream, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I did. I don't know. <laughs> All of you notice as your attention is broken from the beautifully starred night sky, towards another spot that you can see from your unique vantage point above the island. On the northeast end, there is a cliff that rises to a point jetting over the ocean water. This point is a drop all the way down to the water that would certainly kill any creature that fell down it. 
It is barren of any overgrowth or wildlife as it's just this sort of dead man's drop tight area. And you see a light come from there. A red swirling light that gets a little bigger. Mind you, you know, this dead man's drop is two hexes away. You would never be able to see it from any other vantage point on the island, but you see it from the top of this hill. This wet swirling light is clearly a portal. And from it walks a familiar red-robed wizard that we saw back in the British Museum. This red wizard of Fae known as Moldar, Travasi Moldar, who tried to steal the pixie dust from you all, has somehow found a way to step foot in Neverland, mere moments away from the star falling. She oh, fa- God. He's going to bore us to death with another monologue. He is. He's the worst. Shifra, your internal clock ticks as you naturally look to the sky to see this bright golden illuminated orb shine brighter and brighter. Genevieve, something in you turns or twists, whether it's anticipation, anxiety, dread, or clairvoyance, you've seen this happen before in your visions as a star from the night sky descends down from the ocean of sprinkled lights dropping closer and closer towards the island. Your vision is broken once more as you look back towards the red wizard Travasi Moldar as he starts to sparkle and glow in a sort of like golden haze to take flight of above the island of Neverland towards the direction of the falling star. He's going for it. All of you are standing on this hill miles away from not only uh, Tavasi Moldar, but from the star falling. Is there anything anyone wants to do to intercept? Yes. Yeah. Throw it out there. How Um, far away is he? I I would see him doing that. I assume, right? I see that happen. Of course, yeah. It's a, a okay. clear witness, yeah. So I would wild shape. Assume, this is what I would want to do. Tell me if it's possible. I would yeah. try to wild shape into my bird of paradise constellation. Nice. And um, and beat him to it. And being a starry figure myself, I would think that I would just naturally morph with that star and become one with it and love it dearly and bring it safely to the earth. Much better than that guy would. Shifra, yeah. before we get into that, is there anything anyone else wants to do? Um, I'm just going to say to her, if you can manage to throw him down here, we'll kick the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to say under my breath, fake-ass, phyllo-ed, ozai-looking, go, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> Shifra, describe to me how you transfer. This is the first time anybody is is seeing this from you, this ability, this notion. Give me some flavor behind it. Yeah, so I kind of like, you see me kind of like panicked, like looking back and forth between what's happening. 
and then just sort of like close my eyes and like curl into myself and this kind of like like lavender purpley smoke kind of starts to happen and it starts to glisten and glitter and then all of a sudden you see a constellation take shape in front of you that looks like a bird of paradise and I start flying and I am going toward the star and I'm wanting to beat Moldar to it but I liked Helen's idea and so I'm looking for an opportunity where I can swat that guy down absolutely get out of here absolutely you start fluttering as quickly as you can to intercept Moldar from the star yes Dante and I will also, I know that um, she knows where we are, but I'm going to cast a <clears throat> silent image to kind of camouflage ourselves so that we kind of have a, it's not like camouflage netting, but essentially like something that matches the ground, but something we can peer through. But if he's far away and looks down, it just looks like there's nothing there. So Excellent. that's what I'm doing with my alter image, just trying to like hide us a bit so that if Shifra does knock him down, he doesn't know what's waiting for him on the ground. Excellent. Uh, a wonderful tactic. Excellent, Dante. All of you standing on top of the hill feel the island break. Silence as you are connected to every living creature, whether they be natural, magical, humanoid, beast, what have you, as the entire island is anticipating and sort of welcoming this star to fall and land in Neverland. From what you can tell, this almost feels like a celebration the earth, the air, the, the life of the island builds up to a point like this to welcome this star falling. This immense magical force has a wave of influence over every living creature and plant across the island of Neverland. Those of you standing on this hill feel ingrained with the island. You watch Shifra sprout into a constellation bird to fly towards the falling star. Shifra, make an athletics check to fly as fast as you can towards the star. Um, as I believe your shaped creature, you would use the strength bonus of the creature you are. Um, so. Mm -hmm. If you, you have the stats of like one of the birds, right? Yeah. So use so, the strength bonus of the bird of paradise. Uh, that's a negative two, so 14. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's Can I give her a boost from the ground? <laughs> yeah, my own absolutely. is more than this bird. Yeah, you just like squat as she's transforming <laughs> to like heave her, you know, boost her, you know, uh, uh, exhilarate her, her, freak, her frequency, her velocity towards the star. Dante, I'm going to need some science words from you for next session. But Shifra, roll advantage as okay. Helen uh, performs the aid action to get you close to that star. That's going to be 14 still. 14 still. Question, mm -hmm. DM. Yeah. Are we, yes. so we still have visual on 
Uh, I've already forgotten his name. I'm so sorry. I keep thinking fire Moldar. <laughs> yeah, so Moldar is skyrocketing okay. from the this dead man's drop towards the falling star. Shifra gets yeeted from Helen <laughs> into the sky to travel to intercept as well. And all of this is there are three nodes of light: the star shining bright, Moldar's red glittery glow, and Shifra's transformation constellation. So uh, Genevieve, in this, I'm sure that uh, Shifra's form is absolutely beautiful. She's hyperfixated on this star. It's the thing she's had visions of repeatedly. Um, so kind of seeing in the peripherals, uh, Moldar head in that same direction. She's just going to like hold her hand up and just say, think to herself, no. And I would like to expend my portent die, which was a three, to inflict on whatever he is doing right now. If he's having to make any checks. Is there... You just have to have a visual on the creature? I believe so. Hell yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that's, <laughs> cool. that's really cool. Um, between Helen's aid action and Genevieve's um, you know, divination, Shifra, you're able to catch up to Moldar before he can get to the star. Yeah. You whiz through the air faster than you've ever moved in your entire life. Not even able to truly like think about what you're going to do. Just focus on stopping a creature of pure evil, a red wizard of Fey, a tyrannical mage from touching one finger to such a powerful celestial body. What do you do to stop Moldar from getting closer to the star? I'm going to attack him with my my celestial talons um and in doing so i'm going to try and just like toss him to the ground absolutely you like flock and latch on to moldar like a bird of prey latching onto well, it's prey. He like starts to like, you know, lose balance as you're flapping your wings, scratching, doing anything you can to drop Moldar out of the air. As you do, the tone of the island shifts as this foreign evil of Moldar is embedded into the island. Something awakens, not from the land, but from the sky. The clouds covering the top spire of the highest mound in Neverland separate for a sheer moment as a colossal bird the size of an ancient dragon appears Whoa. from the clouds down towards the island's surface. With one clean flap of its wings, you see its span stretch from one end of the island almost to the other. It reaches its massive tie, uh, talon out as it's now flying above the falling star, mere miles above the island's surface. Shifra, you prevent Moldar from not only coming in contact with the star, but from touching the bird as you two fall to the ground of the island. With one swift grab of this 
is Colossal Bird's Talon. The star shines bright, nearly blinding all of you as pixie-like stardust shatters over Neverland. As you look back towards the bird, as the light dies down, five separate star fragments litter over the island's entirety. You track them one by one as the five fragments drop over the island. One drops towards hex 15. The water just beyond the coastline there, a star fragment bloop and sinks down under the green water's surface. Another fragment crashes into Hex 22, sprouting a hole into the Spire mountainside as the star fragment falls to the interior depths of the mountain. The third star fragment drops into Hex 12. From the top of the hill, you can all see a, a countless number of wrecked ships docked in this area. The star breaks through some of the wooden structures and nests inside Shipwreck Cove. The fourth star fragment falls into Hex 2, where crabs once danced and partied, a fragment of glowing star sits in the soft sand. The fifth and final star fragment drops into Hex 7. The dense, thick jungle canopy quickly conceals the location of where the star drops in the most dense part of the island's jungle. You all watch for a moment as these stars fall. Then as they land one by one by one by one by one, you think, wait, Shifra, you look back up to the sky as she is still falling with Maldar in her grip as they crash through the tree line and land with a triumphant thud into Hex 14. The Red Wizard of Fae and Shifra now out of sight and into the unknowns of the Neverland Island. You're shocked, Genevieve, Talith, Dante, Helen, at what you just witnessed. A bird of, of ear-proportional size crushed a falling star that scattered across the island. One of your new near and dear companions, Shifra, lost into the jungle thicket with this evil wizard. Your senses break as a voice speaks from behind you. A voice that is powerful, a voice that is commanding, a voice that demands elegance and respect. As you turn around, you see a woman standing in front of you with a presence like no other. 
a magnificent black flowing dress, embroidered details of these fairy-like creatures etched connected from the top of her dress to the long tail that goes far past her legs. Bright, nearly transparent dragonfly-like wings sprout from her back. In one hand, she holds a great sword that would even require Helen to use two hands, but this woman holds it in one. A magnificent gem point crown on her head, black flowing hair guides the wind that brushes past you all. She says, well, you don't see that every day. As she's looking up at the sky, not even paying attention to you all. Um, I'm going to break the, uh, well, I can shift it how I want it to. So I'm just going to lower some of the illusion down uh, so that, like, if yeah, I would do that. I, I don't. I would trust this person for some reason at this time, but I'm going to do that. Of course. And could I say that as I saw that Shifra was falling away from us with uh, Moldar, could I have cast Hunter's Mark on her? Absolutely. Uh, a quick reaction, Talith, that, that you would pull off, you know, without even thinking about it, so that you could have the best chances of finding Shifra, who now seems to be lost in the jungle. Dante, as you bring your illusion down, you get the sense that this creature, this female humanoid, probably could see through your minor illusion compared to her stature. It was a polite gesture. Uh, you know, <laughs> Dante being elegant in his own right, he was he was doing it as a gesture of, of respect and, and elegance. Of course. As she looks down at you all, your focus kind of like comes in tune. Behind this woman, you see this vine kind of um, um, like brittle network of a threshold. Um, and in between this threshold stands yet another portal glowing purple. It seems this woman has just walked out of this portal. She turns to you all, Genevieve, Talith, Helen, Dante, and says, You all are not from Neverland, are you? No. Helen is completely no. dumbstruck. Like, like no words. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what, what clued us away? Mm, I can sense that everything you've just witnessed is beyond anything you've seen before in your meager <laughs> mortal lives. But not being from the island has use. Much, much use to me. For you see, you should address me as the Queen of Neverland. My subjects call me Queen Mab. I am the warrior queen of the fairies and all life that resides beyond my hill here. And you all are trespassing. I immediately bend the knee. Sure. I follow suit. Um, I copy like immediately. Yeah, of course. Uh, Genevieve throughout that process, as soon as she said you should address me as your queen, 
is not going to kneel, um, but is really studying her body movements right now to sure. see if she's giving any indication of lying. Make an insight check. Dante, anything from you? Uh, I'm going to see those two. I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm just going to do a gesture of like tipping my hat. I don't have a hat or tipping my cane over in sign of respect, but I will not be bowing as well. Sure. Genevieve, your role? It was an 11. Yeah, you get the sense that she means every word she is saying. You don't find, you don't find any deception or, um, you know, stretching of the truth in her voice and in the meanings behind what she's saying. I mean, she's wearing a crown, you know. <laughs> That's it. That's what it does. She, yeah, she went to Burger King. <laughs> you're automatically royalty if you have a crown. This Amazon warrior queen who stands taller than Helen certainly, even if you don't believe her to be the queen of Neverland, demands some sort of respect, even if it's just out of your own safety. She says, mm, thank you. Yes, I suppose your trespassing here has caused no harm. But you have seen the star fallen, yes? Uh, yeah, and it, it, it took our friend. Um, she was trying to, to protect the star. And, and did you see the other thing falling? Did you see the big ugly dude? Yes, yes. He knocked Another. her down. Well, she knocked him down scab on the island of neverland that wizard is very well tell me before we go any further what are your intentions here on my island why do you watch the star fall from the sky uh, we'll see uh dr khan sent us here and he said we need to get the star so we went to the museum and we got the the pixie dust and then we grabbed it and then transported us to the tower and then from the tower we ended up here and then there were crabs and there was a manta ray and there was this a weird golem thing then we saw some cockroaches and that was really strange then we kept walking wait wait we, wait you know kahanit the gold dragonborn yeah he's he's a, he's our uh he's, a, he's our friend yeah we're friends huh yeah that's the pixie of a different color. That's all you had to say. And your friend that fell from the sky, the starry one, you wish her safety and return to your presence? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Then it shall be done. And as her hair like flows in a different direction, 12 pixies, the size of, you know, like a, like a, like a pen, fly out from the portal behind her and flee onto the island down from the hill to find Shifra. My subjects will recover your friend and bring her back here. Uh, for the time being, if you all wish to recover the fragments of stars on Neverland, you should follow me. As she turns around and with four clean, decisive steps, walks through the purple portal bedded in the frame of the overgrowth and disappears. If anyone starts walking forward, Janine's going to try to stop them. I'm going to just follow her. So you can try. <laughs> Genevieve is not strong. Um <laughs> <laughs> maybe talk to hell it's more so like a i'm gonna stand here i don't expect to be able to actually physically stop anybody <laughs> but so we're of use to her just keep that in mind i think we have value here 
but but she can help us get Shifra, and and that's like that's like really important. So, uh, and, yes, and Talith will like follow. Please, just Talith. You're you're very young. I don't I don't mean that as an insult, but I've I've been in your shoes before in a way, and just know that when people see value in you, they no longer see you as a person. So and, just keep that in mind, okay? And you say that, and you actually see Talus' face kind of harden, um, and he just kind of nods and uh, and turns and follows Helen. It's uh, it's, it's clear, Genevieve, that I think Talith really took to root what you said as he walks forward with caution, Talith? Purpose, intention, uh, mindful of what she said. Sure. Uh, I'm going to turn to Genevieve uh, and say, hey, I couldn't say any better. I agree with you. Um, I'm probably going to wait to see if Shifra does actually come with us. Um, But yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I have definitely seen the same type of things happen to uh people back at home so i do not want to be caught up in any of that but a couple of party members are going there so i'm just gonna wait till she forgets back but it's good to know that someone else is uh thinking of those things dante and genevieve both of you make arcana checks shifra it's a blackout for you You remember colliding with Muldar, then this large shadow blocking out not only the sky above, but the island below as you're like, you're so close to the bird that I don't even know if you would understand what it was. You know what I mean? Like your like visual of it was so narrowed and your drive to stop Moldar brought you and the red wizard crashing into the ground below trees, Tree branches break, stones chip as in your celestial form, you hit the ground. Moldar dug deep into the earth, just an arm's length away from you. As you try to pick yourself up as best you can, the impact leaves you stunned. Suddenly, you don't know if it's moments, minutes, hours, Maybe the sun has risen and set as your senses are barely together. Twelve small winged creatures like human hummingbirds flutter around you. Their colors change, um, red, yellow, green, purple, as they laugh and, and twinkle around you. They whisper to each other, as they hold hands and start to dance like a crown floating over you, as like you feel this enriched, fade-like natural magic bleed over your body from these small pixie creatures as you blip and are gone. Dante, Genevieve, what did you two roll? 19. 17. 19 and 17. Both of you track Talith's Hunter Mark spell, you know, the, the arcane divine energy, whatever it took to tag it onto Sh- to Shifra. You sense, okay, there's the Hunter's Mark. I can feel the magic pouring from the jungle below. And then in an instant, it's gone, disappeared. 
from what you can tell with your high rolls that Shifra and the magic that tagged her were transported off the island somewhere else. Kind of fits in with Queen Mab and, and the small pixie creatures she sent to recover Shifra. But of course, without your eyes on the situation, you don't quite know. What would you two do? The portal's still open. Your friends and Queen Mab have gone through it. Yep. Did you just feel that too? Yeah. Uh, uh, Shifra's not here with us anymore, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Well, Thanks for listening. Though I yeah, appreciate it. Of course. Um, I think... I think I'm glad that you're here, and I don't think I'd be... I don't think I would go along with any of this if you weren't around. So as long as you're here, I think I think we're going to do all right. Thank you, Dante. I, I really appreciate that. I um, guess we got some catching up to do. And uh, I'm going to start taking some steps forward towards the portals, seeing if Genevieve is uh, accompanying all of us uh, through the portal. Sure, follow very good. So you both are okay with stepping through the portal? Yep. Wonderful. You step through as the entire group is transported to a world even beyond Neverland. And that is where we will end today's session. To follow that up, the group also achieves level four. Hey. Rising the ranks in character progression. Some quick business to wrap up tonight's episode. Thank you all for watching and being involved with episode three of Second Star to the Right. The star has fallen, has been fractured by the great bird, and the group will now have to trudge across all corners of Neverland to recover the star that they are here to find. Um, next session, which is in two weeks, I believe May 14th, I will have to step away from the DM seats. Uh, my sister is getting married and I have every intention on being there to support her on her day. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Not wanting to leave all of you without some Neverland content, uh, in your feed. We have a very special announcement Andrew Kolb, the writer of the Neverland campaign book, has agreed to DM a one-shot in Neverland for you all with our players starring as Lost Boys so on a sort of yes. side quest through the island. I'm very <laughs> jealous. I won't be at the table for him. Very excited for the creator of Neverland to grace us with his presence. So tune in same time, May 14th, for a special one-shot session of Neverland. Um, Andrew, is there anything else we need to mention before we part ways? Oh, probably, but uh, we're probably forgetting. Uh, we are going to be giving away. Since Andrew will be here, we will be giving away copies of the Neverland book. Joe, yeah, hold that up. This thing is beautiful. If you've enjoyed Ooh. what we're playing in, we're going to be giving away a few copies of that in chat while Andrew is here taking us through the world of Neverland. So uh, come to enjoy the fun. Come to enjoy a cool book. It's going to be 
a great time. And uh, after we end this, we're going to be going and recording uh, Beyond Neverland, our Patreon special post show. So again, if you want to support that, go to patreon.com slash second star show. Awesome. And I think um, Genevieve, Brianna, you have a quick announcement as well, an upcoming game. Yes, yes. So I'm really excited. Um, myself and the channel that I am a creative producer for the Initiative Order were ambassadors for Jasper's Game Day. And Jasper's Game Week actually officially started tonight. So awesome streams going on over there. I know that Andrew has some stuff going on as well with it. But um, next Thursday, the 6th at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time until 7 p.m. Um, over on the Mini Terrain Domain uh, Twitch channel, I will be in a game of Witches and Spellcraft. So I'm super excited. Um, it's all for Jasper's Game Week. Really happy. I have a really, really awesome table of players. I'm so excited to be there. So if you have a chance to stop by, would love to have you in the chat. Incredible. Be yeah. sure to check that out. Thank you all again for watching, Andrew. I was just going to say, yeah, my game is tomorrow. Uh, Debra Ann Wool is going to be GMing uh, a game at 7 p.m. Sorry, Eastern. Who? Uh, Deborah Wait. Ann Wall? Cool. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know. pull She's your somebody. backdrop in that name. <laughs> <laughs> My friend and yours, Deborah Ann Wall. Uh, not, <laughs> but maybe, uh, along with Anthony Rapp from Rent. Um, just a fantastic oh, yeah. dude. And me, oh, for some reason. We'll be in a game raising money for charity uh, tomorrow on the D&D Beyond channel for Jasper's Game Day. 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. 4 p.m. Pacific. I can do, I can do time math. Um, it's going to be awesome. So come check it out. Uh, it'll be super fun. Andrew, Incredible. the reason that you're there is because you're awesome. Like, don't say you're yeah. such a That's right. Don't forget. Sure. <laughs> it should be Thank fun. Thank you all again for sticking with us. And don't forget, if you're ever feeling lost, just look up, find the second star on the right, and follow it straight on till morning. We'll see everyone next time. Bye.